This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. Mulligan, do over. That was so bad, I got to do that again. (laughs) So we understand the concept. We understand that we need it. And so the Lord gives it. It's a chance for a do over, a new start, a realignment, a calibration, if you will. What we call this is, and Jesus calls it, is being born again. We're following the pattern and the ways of the world. And what He wants us to do is to follow Him. But we need to realize our need for this. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Because we don't really realize that. So, have you ever done something and you knew right away you needed a do-over? Well, today, Pastor Troy says that we all need a do-over, but it's the Holy Spirit who allows us to recognize that. You see, we're all sinners in need of saving. You and I are imperfect people looking for something to redeem us. That redemption is Jesus. He alone is the one who can save you. All you have to do is believe in his death and resurrection and you'll be saved. Jesus has allowed you to have a chance at a new life through him. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of John chapter 16 with today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. We're in John chapter 16 verses 5 through 11. Now, we, uh, we go verse by verse. We took a bigger chunk last week, and we talked about the Holy Spirit generally. Um, the Holy Spirit, who He is. And, and I pray that understanding who He is will help us to engage with Him better, to, to listen, to get off the throne of our own heart and, and submit ourselves and let the Holy Spirit do the leading in our life. That's the way to victory. We don't add him and put him in the back pocket and follow and go, give me victory. No, we get out of the way, we follow his leading, and he leads us in victory. Because he's not just a force. He's the third person of the Trinity. We submit to him. We don't conjure him up. But today, we're going to unpack some verses. We're going to narrow in on a few verses from our text last week. And... Ask, why is he here? Um, What is he doing? What's the Holy Spirit's work? Why is he here? And we're going to find out that he's about one thing only. He's drawing people to Christ. Everything else that he may be doing is about that one thing. And we'll explain as we go. He's helping the world. He's helping them Become aware of the need that they have and how that need is met in Christ Jesus. Since the fall of man, mankind has been preoccupied with many different aims. We aim at this and we aim at that. We aim at those things we think will fulfill us and make us happy. And so we fulfill. And the things that we accomplish along the way, they make us happy. Because I'm moving toward my goals, my aims. 
But Jesus came and even showed his, the, the religious leaders of the day that what they were aiming at was wrong because they missed Christ in it. And so Jesus came and showed us that we need to aim at him. We need to look to him. We need to follow him, even if that means leaving certain things and even people behind in the process. So we've started to focus on these many different aims, and we've become self-centered, self-reliant, and our moral compasses have been miscalibrated because we've lost due north. We're chasing so many other things that simply distract and distort our view of what's good and what's bad and what's right and what's wrong. And it's not until we get our eyes on him again that we begin to see clearly right and wrong, truth from error. And the results are obvious. A list was given um, and said this. Here are the results of this. A loss of direction in life. Amnesia of origin, where we came from. Misuse of the tongue. Lack of peace and joy. Selfish and violent behavior. Depression, confusion, and rebellion. See, sin has entered the world and brought corruption and death. We've been misguided and we are destroying ourselves now. So Jesus came and bore the consequences of our sin upon himself. That we might be able to have a relationship with the one we had distanced ourselves from. So we could see what was right and what was wrong. We could have a do-over. You know, as a kid... We used to do that all the time. Do over, do over. They grow up and they go out on the golf course. They call it a mulligan. Mulligan. Do over. That was so bad. I got to do that again. (laughs) So we understand the concept. We understand that we need it. And so the Lord gives it. It's a chance for a do-over, a new start, a realignment, a calibration, if you will. What we call this is, and Jesus calls it as being born again. We're following the pattern and the ways of the world. And what he wants us to do is to follow him. But we need to realize our need for this. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Because we don't really realize that. So let's read our verses, and then we're going to talk about the fact that the Holy Spirit is here, and we're going to talk a little bit about why. Verse 5, Jesus speaking, but now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? Because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. When he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So first, why is he here? One, because he's needed. He's needed. We can't do this on our own. We will never find him on our own. We can't, even, we can't even walk in right ways on our own. We need him. 
without him. The scripture says without faith, it is impossible to please God because we must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. We can't, we can't do the right things if we don't know what it is and we can only know what the right thing is if we know him. And therefore, we can never please him unless we know him. And we can't know him and follow him unless the Holy Spirit is in to communicate with us what that is. Jesus said, I'm going away. But you haven't asked about that. You haven't asked me about that. Instead, sorrow has filled your hearts. So, and here's what he says, so I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to fill you in anyway. You didn't ask the question, but I'm going to give you the answer. So we see a couple of reasons the Holy Spirit is needed, and the first is obvious. The Holy Spirit is needed because Jesus was leaving. Jesus was leaving them. Think about it. Jesus tells them that he's leaving them and that they're the ones who are going to continue the work that he was doing. And they know, we can't do this. And they're going to be out without the one who was able to stand up to all the opposition, not them. I mean, even later on, Peter's going to run, be afraid, deny Christ. So they couldn't stand up on their own. But with Jesus, they could. Jesus did. They loved standing with Jesus. Jesus had the right things to say. He did the right things. Oh, the amazing things that could be done because of of Jesus' being there. They're also going to be without the one who calmed the storms and healed the families. Jesus had fed the multitudes with some fish, a few loaves. They're going to be without him. I don't know if they can do this. He had come and inspired many with his talk of a glorious future, and now he's saying he's not even going to be here in the near future? Well, the disciples were a little confused. They were concerned and they were sorrowful that he was going to be gone. The disciples were confused because they had expectations. They were Jews. And they had a a vision. They had understood that when he comes, it'll be like this. They already had this expectation in their mind. Let me tell you what they expected as Jews. Here's what they expected. First, they expected that there would be a period of turmoil that would initiate his coming. And they saw that as having been fulfilled by the Roman occupation. Rome had kind of taken over and and pretty much taken over their right to execute um, penalties. And so they said, okay, this, this has happened. Could be the Messiah. But then they also believed that there would be an Elijah-like forerunner who would come and prepare the way. And though many didn't accept it, because they didn't want to accept Jesus, John the Baptist sure fit that bill. So check mark number two. Now third, they, they believed that the Messiah, when he did come after the forerunner, that he would defeat his enemies and establish his kingdom. And then fourth, they believed that the Jews who had been scattered throughout the world would all find their way back to Jerusalem and to Israel, and there would be peace. So from the disciples' perspective, they're between number two and number three, the second and third phases. It was time to establish the kingdom. 
There he is. It's time to establish the kingdom. And that's why when you look at the disciples, they're mostly arguing about what? Who's going to be greatest in it? Can I have your left? Can I have your right? Okay. Roman occupation came. You come. You come to deliver us. The Elijah-like foreigner has come. We're establishing the kingdom. Can I have the right? Who's going to be the greatest? They're talking of these things. And so when Jesus says he's going to leave, they're going to continue this work. They're wondering, what are you talking about? I don't get this. This doesn't make sense. It, it, It didn't make any sense to them. And they knew one thing. Whatever it was going to look like if Jesus left and they had to do anything, they couldn't do it like Jesus. And so there was this promise that they wouldn't have to do it on their own. That he'd be with them. It was good for them that he goes away because then he could send the Holy Spirit. Not less of him, but just as much God as Jesus was. Pastor Troy will return soon with the second part of today's message. So be sure to stay tuned. If you'd like to listen to more teachings from Building on the Solid Rock, we invite you to visit our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. Pastor Troy has been teaching verse by verse through the Bible, and you can listen online to our archive of these messages. You can also download each teaching to listen to later, or share with your friends and family. You can even subscribe to Building on the Solid Rock podcast through iTunes. That way, you'll never miss a teaching, and you'll be notified as soon as we make these messages available. Find a link to subscribe when you visit buildingonthesolidrock.com. Now, here's Pastor Troy with the continuation of today's message. So, they would need the Holy Spirit because Jesus is leaving. A second reason, they would need the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit would be leading. Jesus would be leaving, but the Holy Spirit would be leading. He wouldn't be added to their pocketbooks, uh, their, their tools. No, he would take over for Jesus, and he would lead. They didn't lead Jesus. They followed Jesus. And in the same way, we don't lead the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us. Jesus tells them that it's to their advantage that he goes away so that the Holy Spirit, the helper, could come. The disciples were focused on what they were losing. They were sad. They, they, they always focused on what they were losing. I'm not going to have this. I'm going to lose this. I'm going to have to let go of this. And they were going to have to let go of physically walking with Jesus. We want you here. We need you here. So they were so focused on what they were losing that they couldn't understand the importance of what they were gaining, which was the filling of the Holy Spirit. So often that's what people focus on, you know, what we will be losing. You want the Lord, I want the Lord, but I don't know, I'm going to have to lose it. You know, and they think of all that they may miss out on, all they may lose. They're not understanding what they will gain and what Christ can do. They're just, oh, the changes and the things I might lose, they're so focused on those, they don't consider all that God will do, all the great things. So the Lord offers eternal life to them. But then they gravitate toward thoughts like, what if I lose my friends? What if I lose my family? I don't know if I can give up all of this stuff. Um, hello? You're going to hell. Does it matter? All that stuff? 
What about what you're going to gain? What about what will happen as a result of following him? What if I lose me? I've said that to the Lord. You know, there are things that God's done in my life, asked me to change, stop doing, start doing, that are not me. They're not me. I don't even look like me doing those things or not doing those things. And I can tell you guys this. God does want you to give up things that are you. Because he wants to make you more like him. He doesn't want a better version of you. He wants you to be like Christ. Christ Christ-like. And we let go. And those things hurt the most. And they're not even hard. They're not hard to let go of. If you really practically look at it, it, they're not hard. You know, one of the most basic of moves, you know, my wife said, you know, we need to get rid of the cable. We weren't watching it anyway, but for me, my family, oh, we had the box when it first came out. You could push two buttons and get certain channels that you didn't pay for. You know, we, we, I, the, the, you know, the cable, it wasn't even wireless at that time. So we have always had it. I may need to watch something on there. I may just happen to need the news channel, all 15 of them, just in case, get the different perspectives. I may need that. And so for me, it was my identity. We've always had that. We've got to have that access. And so letting go of that, if you think about it, it's not that hard. Saves money. We weren't watching it. What's hard? Call the company. Is that so hard? No, it's not. But it was hard because that's my identity. That's who I am. We've always done this. I mean, I'm not even a Neely anymore if I get rid of that. (laughs) And that's how you can feel. But the Lord, he, He wants us to focus on the things that we'll gain. The time we'll get back that we would invest and lose. Um, He wants us to see the things that he's doing, not focus on the things that we may be giving up. You know, Jim Elliott was a famous missionary to the Alka Indians, a a brutal, savage tribe. No one had even wanted to go in for fear of death, but he had a burden in his heart for this group that had never heard the gospel. And so he and some some others went in, he and four friends, and uh, eventually he was killed by them. Now, before he was killed, they were in and they were making great headway. What ultimately happened was there was a fight, internal striving in the, in the tribes, and uh, one of the guys kind of lied and, and, and blamed it on those missionaries that had come. And so it made them angry and outraged, and they went and killed them for no reason because of some guy's lie within the tribe. Nothing that they had done. But beforehand, Jim Elliott and his friends said, you know, they had a gun. It was to protect them from wildlife and things in the jungle. But they said, you know, we're out here. We're, we're camping on the grounds now, kind of where they, we're, we're accessible. What happens if they come, if they come to attack or something? What do we do with this gun? And they said, you know what? We're saved. 
If we die, we know where we're going. If they die, they're going to hell. We're not going to shoot them. We're going to let God be God. Well, that resolve was challenged. They uh, gave their lives to, to save, to, to, to invest in a group of, of, of individuals who at the time never appreciated them. Because of their sacrifice, however, and I just want you to see how God can use any and everything. Because of their sacrifice, it hit the news in, uh, in huge ways. Missions around the world were dropping and there was not a lot of excitement, not a lot of, act- there was activity, but not a really a lot of hype or excitement in missions anymore. Well, once that news hit, it ignited world missions again. They were just ministering to one group, but missions took off again around the world. Not only that, but eventually salvation would come to this tribe. You see, Jim Elliott was married, his wife Elizabeth Elliott, a great speaker, uh, a great Bible teacher. She would actually return and go into those tribes and minister to them years later and be able to explain to them who would remember her husband that they had killed. And she would explain to them the sacrifice her husband made on their behalf. And then he, she could point them to Christ. He was, he be, they became a living example to the tribe of the sacrifice that Christ would make and many Alka were led to Christ. Jim Elliot had said something that gives you insight into the life that God can use to do anything. He said, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. He's willing to give up his life. He can't keep it. It's going to be gone at, at some point. All the stuff that he let go of can't keep it. But the gain, the gain far outweighed any sacrifice. This kind of life-changing ministry takes the leading of the Holy Spirit, not just an ambition, but the leading of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus tells the disciples, I'm going away, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, the helper who will abide with you forever. And guys, by the way, if you do lose something as a result of trusting and following the Lord, I really believe and even have experienced that God is in the business of replacing it with something better. Now, it may, it may not be you give up cash, you get a lot more cash. I'm not taking, talking the same thing for the same thing. But it could be I was investing all my time in this, but man, God has really given me a time and, and, and enjoying this. But whatever it is he replaces it with is better, much better. But it can be so hard to let go of if you're just focused on what you're going to have to let go of, give up or do. Listen to what Jesus said, Matthew 19, 29. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. 
following the Lord, sharing the gospel, it's high risk. But it's a risk worth taking. But we can't take it unless we're led by the Holy Spirit who must lead us. So, he's needed because Jesus is leaving and the Holy Spirit is to be leading. Pastor Troy has been teaching through the Gospel of John here on Building on the Solid Rock. Different than other Gospel books, John introduces his book by going further back than when Jesus was born as a baby. He delved into the very nature of God and solidified throughout his writing that Jesus was the Son of God. This backdrop gives you a different insight into Jesus as a man as he lived here on earth. It's no wonder that the book of John includes so many miracles, because it's evidence that only God could do such things. If you're curious to hear more of the teachings from this book, visit our website at buildingonthesolidrock.com. You can listen online or download the message to share with others. If you've been encouraged by today's message, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send us an email through our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Troy next time as he continues in the book of John on Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in.